listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Retro Guardians. This is Jay. And I'm Ben. And Ben, today we are talking about a popular computer from back in the 80s, which has just had its 40th birthday. So, Our 40th anniversary. Mm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Absolutely. Unfortunately. Um, so what we're talking about is nothing other than the famous Commodore 64. Bring back some few memories. You do. I, I never had one of these as a kid. My cousins had one. Um, and I remember playing it at their place a few times with some popular games like Missile Command, Paperboy, a couple of those other ones. Um, and I was always sort of fascinated by the design of them. And they were known as the bread bin because they looked like a bread bin. Exactly like a bread bin. Um, so the, the magic thing about this computer, and although I never owned one, like I said, it did always sort of fascinate me. Um, it was the first one. It was an eight-bit computer system and one of the most popular by released by Commodore International um, back in 1982, I think, at um, the Las Vegas CES or Consumer Electronics Show. Um, and this particular computer has been listed in the Guinness Book of Records as the highest-selling single computer model of all time. Um, I think there was somewhere around like between 12 and 17 million units of these things. Um, How much would it have been back in the day? Uh, so apparently they were around about 595 US dollars. So you're looking at about 1,600. Australian. Yeah, by today's standards. Or US dollars, actually, by today's standards. Um, and now these things were so popular, um, a company called Retro Games Limited has just released a, um, a remake of it. Um, and it's a full-size version with the working keyboard and also the mini, very similar to these mini NES and things that have been coming out and they've been preloaded yeah, with heaps of games. And they've been really popular with collectors and people sort of around, you know, that older age group. Well, not older, but my age, I call myself old. Um, our age. Our age. Um, who grew up with these things and you know now we've all got more money than sense and we'll throw money after nostalgia and retro to relive you know the simpler times that is the 80s and it seems to be not just us yeah absolutely um so i think the the, the popular thing with this commodore is that it had a keyboard, so you could use it for not only gaming, but also like your development, office um, productivity applications and stuff. And you could also code your own games in BASIC, which people used to love doing, and they had the little cassette tape to save them on if you wanted to. That was my next thing I was about to say about it. I remember the, I remember the cassettes, mm. and unfortunately, half the time they didn't work. Yes, I remember going to many friends' places, not yours, but no. uh, others, and it would ne not load. Yeah. It was like, it just got frustrating and frustrating. I think I only seen two or three that actually worked. Yeah, yeah. Had, the tape had to be in good condition. You had to have the, um, the volume settings right and all that sort of stuff. 
So there were a ton of games made for this thing, heaps of them. Um, so it was probably one of the most popular at the time, just purely based on the you know the media and the games available for it. Like I was an Atari kid growing up. I had all the Ataris, and they had a very limited line of um, of games and programs. Like Commodore was where you had it all. You know the Amiga, the sixty four, you could get everything for it. Yes. Um, and I think another thing with these systems is they had a um, what's called a SID chip. SID, Sound Interface Device. And it was sort of very um, popular at the time because they were able to make some really awesome sound effects with this SID chip. And it just gave the games like something different, an edge over their com- competitors. And we're going to have a bit of a listen to some sounds soon um, on what, what that SID chip could do, but we'll, we'll come to that. So I think um, it's, it's just good to talk about it now that it's hit 40. And, you know, these things are still around, not just the remake, um, no, reproduction no, ones I'm talking that. the original I, I that, C64s yeah. like with so many of them made um, like I said before there's something like between 12 and 17 million they are everywhere you can pick them up on eBay and these things you plug them in now if it had been sitting in an attic for 35-40 years I guarantee you it would probably just turn on and work like wow. they were built like brick shit houses I remember yep. that I remember when things were built to last not the other yep. way around yep so let's have a listen to the um, marketing campaign at the time and see what it was all about, eh? Are you keeping up with the Commodore? Because the Commodore is keeping up with you. In a world of fun and fantasy and ever-changing views and computer terminology, Commodore is news. Are you keeping up with the Commodore? Here we go. Now, the Commodore 64 actually um, made some cameo appearances in quite a few movies over the years. Um, and most recently, there's a couple of movies that I've seen them in and TV series. What, you're going to say something? I was going to say Evil Speak would be one of them. One Evil of Speak, all. yes. I forgot about that one. Good. You've seen it then. Yes. It's a good movie. For those that are into a bit of technology and horror and 80s B-grade classics, I recommend it. With Ranch Howard. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Ron Howard's younger brother um, mm. is in it, yes. Yep. So in most recent times, um, there was um, John Wick 2, where it was shown at the start. Um, now, the name of this TV series is escaping me. It's got um, Remy in it that played uh, Freddie Mercury in Queen. What was the... Oh, uh, I, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, yep. Um, in one of the later series, there's, uh, it, it appears in the scene where he goes and visits the bad guys in their house and, you know, there's that dark room with a Commodore 64 on the table. Oh, memories. Yep. Um it was, uh, I'm trying to think what else there was in um, Heap. There's looks so many of them. Oh, Police Academy 3. I was about to say, one of the Police Academies, yep. I think, had it. Yeah, the game scene, when suddenly the whole system's like, what's this? Yeah, where I think Hooks, Hooks. is sitting in the control room yes. and they're watching the little cars go around the screen. And yep. Yes, yeah. Um, there was the, the Commodore Pet, which was the pre... Um, uh, system to Commodore, it was in heaps more. Like, 
tons more movies. So if I remember correctly, I believe it was actually one of the Friday the 13th. There's a scene okay. with Paperboy. It was one of those games. I think it's part four, which is 1984, mm. final chapter. Right. Corey Feldman's playing it, so next time we'll check oh, it out. Oh, I think you're right there. Yeah. yeah. I remember you showing me that not long ago. Yeah. Yep. So there's a few I remember too. I mean, this mm. is just off the top of my head. So what were some of the others that... Do you have any others that... Yeah, I think they're probably the main ones that I can remember. Um, yeah. War Games? No. Uh, War Games was actually the IMSI, which was a, a different type of system at the time. But was it in any of the scenes around that? Because sometimes so. it had a couple of them. I know it did also appear in MacGyver. Yeah, I knew that. Um, the Philadelphia Experiment, which I haven't seen. 84, 85, yes. Yeah. And I think the portable C64 equivalent, which is the SX64, was in ALF as well. That, uh, that sounds familiar, yeah. That actually... Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was going to play a couple of little um, sound clips to show you... Um, I mentioned about the audio system on these things being sort of next level at the time. I mean, by today's standards, it's probably very, very different. But... Um, Let's just have a bit of a listen to see what the C64 achieved back in the day. They're very um, classic sort of sounding 80s games, aren't they, Ben? Oh, yeah. Like, compared to what we have today. This one's Whizball. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, I don't like that one. Boulder Dash. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yes. So yeah. You said that. See if you remember this one, the music. This one's a bit more impressive. It does sound familiar. Well, you can hear they've put a little bit more effort into making the soundtrack for this. Um, there was a couple of other ones. Um, Kickstart 2, which was a bit of a uh, motorbike racing game. Uh, I remember this. Oh, yeah. So the sort of sounds you can hear there are the, the SID chip that I was talking about and, um, sort of the effects that they're able to gain. Uh, another really um, popular one of the time was Turrican. See if you... It was Earth a shooter. Like Impressive. Yes. Yeah, I could listen to that one for hours. This just shows sort of some of the um, capabilities of the SID chip at the time, being able to produce music that was pretty funky, like this. Love it. That's a good one. Um, so they're probably the main ones. Um, you can sort of see that sort of we went from maybe a little bit more of a primitive sound at the start, those first couple of games, and then just sort of as we ramped it up there, I showed you some of the more advanced soundtracks. Um, but with time and progress and mm. just keeping at it mm. and keeping at it, it yep. definitely got better with time. You can tell. Mm. I mean, and that's one of the things about gaming. You can tell it's improved. And that's just the skill of the programmers and stuff. Like, the actual system was the same. And, and speaking of um, 
I guess, progression over time, there's been a reboot of a number of games um, in recent years that have been released on old floppy disks and stuff. Oh, God, take um, me back. For the C64. Oh, wow. And one of those is um, Attack of the Petsky Robots, which was by the 8-Bit guy, a very popular following on YouTube and stuff. Um and his soundtrack's absolutely incredible. Um, and it's a new game. Um, I don't want to play any of it on here in case I'm taking his copyright and stuff. So just check that out. Attack of the Pecky Robots on um, on YouTube, and you'll see he's made this game that's across all the old vintage platforms. And you can buy them now. They come in a nice box and stuff. Um, really cool game for the old tech. So um, so there we have it. The Commodore 64, 40 years old still kicking along and actually just on a side note I, there was a shop in it was actually a bakery in um america somewhere they were still using one of these on their counter up until a few years ago as their point of sale system running their cash register um still working to this day uh, i remember hearing um george r, r. martin saying mm. he still t- chooses to write and work on dos <laughs> and the reason is because of the spelling because he said nowadays all the spell checks would come yeah, up and he creates a lot of words for yep. and that's why he prefers it he still i mean this is 30 plus years old correct mm. so the idea of someone still using it for the right reasons is is absolutely astounding mm. and it's it's proven why he's still mm. using it so when i hear people say let's do use that for this reason mm. fine if it still works who cares yeah but the fact like you said you could plug in uh, Commodore 64 now, and it could have been up in someone's attic for 30 plus years, and it might, 100, a chance, you know, 90% chance that it would work straight away. Mm. I mean, that's awesome about technology and built to last in those days. The only thing you've got to be careful with there is the actual discs. They tend to fail a lot more than modern digital storage. I remember those big boppers of the discs, the storage discs, and that back then. Uh, mm. I, I think most people would have seen one in Big Bang Theory. Sheldon's oh, yeah. enemy list was on one of them, and I just laughed out loud going, oh, mm. yeah, they bring back memories. Yeah. And I guess for those that want to have a taste of the C64, um, the, the new reproduction model that I spoke about is called the C64. Um, they're about, set you back about 250 bucks. Um, you can still get them. They are a lot. The original run had sold out, um, and they're now moving on to the Amiga Mini, but um, you can still pick them up on eBay and stuff. So... Keep an eye out for them if you really want to get into the um, into the old sort of retro stuff. Um, otherwise, if you want to do it on your PC, you can download a program called Vice, V-I-C-E, which is a Commodore emulator, and then you just need to find the ROMs uh, and stuff for that. So a couple of ways to do it, but to experience a bit of that nostalgic gaming experience, highly recommend it. I've got one, um, the C64 at home, love it, but I haven't turned it on for about six months for obvious reasons a bit of other uh, stuff going on that takes up all my day but um i will get back to it one day no rush mm. all right so that was a quick episode on the c64 celebrating its 40th anniversary so jump on have a look at those games and um enjoy it uh, make the most of that nostalgic gaming experience so until next time farewell have a good one See ya. Retro Guardians.